Welcome to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. I'm joined by Champaign City Council Member Vanna Pianfetti. She's with District 5. It covers most of Southwest Champaign. Good morning, Vanna. Good morning, Elizabeth. So give us a little bit of your history. What led you to the city council? But let's back up even further. Where are you from and what is your educational history? Sure. Well, I'm from the Chicagoland area, but I think I'm more of a transplant now because I've been in uh, Champaign for over 25 years and I have all my degrees from the University of Illinois. I have a bachelor's in uh, broadcast communication. I actually thought I would be a radio personality, but never really uh, pursued that very much. Instead, I went into documentary work with the Army Corps of Engineers and uh, did a lot of work with uh, the Army Reserve in Army bases down in the South. And when I had some spare time, I decided to go back and get my master degrees um, in education. And I have a master's of education in computer assisted instruction with a specialization in technologies for learning and a doctorate in cognitive psychology where I got a fellowship in technologies for learning both here um, at the University of Illinois. And um, it is something that my parents are both very proud of because growing up in a Greek household, uh, a lot of times women, uh, especially for my mom's generation, women did not get uh, a lot of advanced degrees. And so that was something that they wanted to Uh, break that barrier for their daughters. So my sister and I both uh, have advanced degrees. My sister has her master's. And like I said, I have my doctorate. So they both believe that their uh, daughter should have an education because an education is something that once you have, you uh, never can have it taken away from you. And it was a way that you could support yourself and be able to do meaningful things uh, for the society that you live in. Should I go back and start the interview with Dr. Pianfetti, or how should I do this? Oh, absolutely not. The only the only ones that sometimes call me that are my parents because they're proud of me. Um, but I prefer Vanna. Okay, you mentioned the fact that it's important to your parents that the women in your family get educated. Your daughter, she's in high school. You have four children. How would you describe your daughter? Emmy is uh, like all my kids. They are self motivated. I think they all set goals and. Um, past to achieve them. They are, I think we're really fortunate to live in the community that we live in. There are a lot of really great role models and in particular for Emmy, the ability to live in a community where there are so many women who have leadership positions or who are entrepreneurs of their own. She has very good role models. And for my boys as well, I think they all, my kids, can go out and if they want to try something or have an idea for something, there's always somebody that they can talk to or um, get to know and and who will champion them. It doesn't necessarily have to be mom or dad, but I think this community is just full of individuals who are willing to support uh, young people. And you went to your family and said, you know what? I'm thinking of running for city council. I know it's going to disrupt the family flow because we have meetings Tuesday. We have study sessions. I have events. How was your family supportive in this endeavor? 
Oh, they were extremely supportive. I think that they were um, really excited about the chance for me to give back and that they would have a role when, uh, like you said, when the opportunity first came up for me to run, before I made the decision, I actually sat through city council meetings to see what it would be like, you know, what that would do for the family flow and uh, so I sat through a lot of meetings on Tuesday nights to get get used to being away from the home, what that would mean for the family, what events might I miss, um, and see whether or not they liked the fact that I might miss a band concert or I might not be able to be at some award night. And then we kind of regrouped and I said, you know, I really like this and but, you know, how did you feel? And they were all in. And so they were out knocking doors with me. Um, my oldest son kind of got a list of his friends that uh, who asked their parents if I could put signs in their yard. And we started going around putting up signs. And it, it became a family affair. And we all... Um, we were all in, and so it was. Uh, it was a good experience for us. It was a good way for them to learn about the process and for them to learn more about local government and to see how all that worked um, from an inside perspective. When longtime councilman Paul Ferracci was stepping off, a lot of people that talked about putting their name in the ring for this kind of public service. Why you? And I know you were approached by other people, but what made you think, okay, this is something I want to do to make a difference with my community? I had an interest interest in um, giving back. I'm not sure it was necessarily, oh, I wanted to be a, a city council member. But when this particular opportunity came up, I was um, thinking about all the development that was going on in Southwest Champaign. And I was interested in, in wanting to be able to have a voice in it and be able to represent the community in that way. I was also thinking about safety issues that might come up about it. I thought about the fact that I was somebody that was a good listener, somebody that could bring in multiple perspectives and make informed decisions. And I think that's what this type of role involves, that sometimes you're not going to be able to make everybody happy, but if you can really get to a point where you know that you've listened to everybody and made the best choice possible given the context of what you've heard, um, then you, you've you've made a good decision, and and that's something that I think I've done very well. I'm also somebody that I think thinks about the future, and and this job, you're making decisions not just for today, but for five, 10, 20 years down the road. And that was something that I was interested in doing as well. So you said you're a good listener and I would concur with that. And one of the first points of entry for your potential constituents is facing you in front of their door. I mean, there you are and you're asking them, what issues are important to you here in District 5 if I were to be your councilwoman? What were some of the things you heard? Oh, I, I heard a lot of different things. Um, probably the most interesting um, and what I wasn't expecting to hear about was about goose poop. Um, the geese can be very defensive. So uh, their nesting, that that was one thing, like how can you humanely um, deal with them and of their uh, poop? Um, but also there were issues about um, safety. Do we have enough police? How do we make sure that we are not vulnerable on this side of town. Also about the development in knowing about would we have 
enough jobs and uh, the workforce diversity that might be coming? Are we making sure that we are with the jobs that would be available? Um, are they jobs that all different types of individuals could have opportunities to apply for? Um, and then off of that, I got a lot of questions about being able to transport. Would we have a lot of buses running through, a lot of more cars? Or what would the traffic flow be like? And that was something that was interesting to me that while we don't necessarily run the MTD, we are in partnership. We do a lot with them. And so that allowed me to learn more about, well, what are traffic patterns and how do we navigate that situation so that we are not overcrowding or we're putting up new developments and there might be restaurants, for example, um, do we need to find ways to get people out there later than buses might be typically coming out? Do we have to ask for more bus routes or things like that? So um, those were interesting. And then, of course, there was always the Kirby Bridge um, that was a, a huge issue because people wanted and still do want to widen it to make it a safer bridge. I think we've come to an understanding now that that is not as much of a priority because we've done a lot of work with IDOT um, to understand that it is safe, as safe as it can be now, um, considering that there are other bridges in our community that needed more work prior to it. And we've done um, what we can to make it so that we are now just working the city and IDOT to keep moving that pathway forward so that in, I think, 2023, we might start work on that bridge, provided that funding is um, available because they have rotation schedules. So between 2023 and 2025, we may be able to start moving progress. But the Bradley Bridge and the Bradley area where there had been two fatalities were needed much more than um, the Kirby Bridge right now, where while it's not the greatest to travel, it still was safer and the maintenance was okay on it currently. If people get frustrated and come to you or your fellow city council men and women and say, we want the Kirby Bridge done. Why isn't Bristol Park updated? What's going on with Garden Hills? How do you answer questions like that as a city council person to say, look, we are working on it. It is our, on our radar. We just have to do one thing at a time. It is in process. Like, How do you phrase that to people? I think one thing for people to understand is sometimes it's hard to see what is actually going on. And although um, all of our city agendas, all the documentations that we have are always online and they're always available to the public, I know it's sometimes hard um, for people to check and, and even sometimes to read all the documentation that's there. But we have been making progress in every part of the city. It's just sometimes it's easy, you know, it, it's easy to see a development like Carl in the fields to go up and people say like, oh, look, look at all that and, and think that it's like our money going to that when it's, it's not necessarily that or thinking, well, nothing's happening in this part of town, but look at it, it's happening here. But really there are a lot of things that are going in process is they're just projects go in phases and they go slower. So like the Bristol development is a really good example where it's, it's going to take time to get everything happening, but 
it's moving along and the weather was nicer. We probably would have had our ribbon cutting, but we'll have it in the spring when when we won't have the <laughs> snow coming in. But we've made progress there and those developments are going to be coming up. But before you can start developing, you have to clear areas and you have to make sure that with the areas that are clear that you have the infrastructure that's going to support the fire trucks and everything that's going to get to them. So we've done all the background work and we have all the infrastructure that that you can't see that's being that's being done. So that's not as glamorous and you can't see it, but it's it's being done. The same thing with Garden Hills, which is a very slow project, but it's little by little getting done and and I know everybody on council wishes it can go faster, but to move forward with a lot of what's happening in Garden Hills, for example, you have to clear out a lot of areas, which included buying a lot of homes, um, which I probably should add, we, the city probably could have taken a lot of them by eminent domain, but we opted to buy them instead of, um, and, and instead of just taking them from the families um, that live there. And to help these families also find new housing. And it wasn't just about, well, here, we're, we're going to give you money, but also we're going to help you in this process. And all that takes time so that we can clear out what's needed in order to start you know, putting in the sewers that they need. I don't think that people understand that there is no infrastructure whatsoever underneath the ground there. So a lot of work has to be done. It's not only about the money. It's, it is a, a lot of money, but they are starting at a very limited amount. It's not just about fixing something. It's, it's, it's starting almost at a ground zero aspect. So they needed a lot of to clear out spaces too to work. And so to do that in a dignified way is also, you know, a way to say we're respecting that some of this area, the same with Bristol, these were, this is someplace where some people have lived all their life. So you have to respect somebody's home and somebody's memories and somebody's legacy before you just go in there and say, we're going to change this up on you. That's very hard. And so the human side of it is what we also have to navigate. And, and that's why sometimes things seem to be moving slower than they are, but they are moving and we are making progress. It's just, you know, if we, if we had a magic wand and could make it all happen, you know, we all certainly would love it. It's the same way as we're looking at all, you know, the the gun violence that is happening. We are all working together very determinately to try to stop this. But this is not something that, you know, we hear a lot. Well, why don't you have a plan? If it were that easy, this community is filled with intelligent people. <laughs> And, and and we would have that plan. We would move it forward. It's not that we don't want to stop it. This is beyond a plan. On so many levels, we are dealing with so many things that we have to figure out how to to move it in a way because we we don't just want to stop it momentarily.
Last question before I have to let you go. A lot of people want to run now for at-large seats and they, they're frustrated with the current pace of things and they say, fine, I'm going to run for this position. What advice or what warning would you give people that are, uh, now that it's in your rearview mirror that you've run a campaign, what advice would you give people? Have good walking shoes and make sure that you don't overpromise because it's it's not just about saying, I'm going to be able to change this because you have to have five people that want to change the same things that you do. And um, I, I applaud everybody that wants to come in, like anytime you want to make a difference. I, I think that's wonderful. Just make sure that people understand that we have to do things together as a community, as a council, as a city, and and we can't do that um, divided, that we have to do it working together. Vanapia and Fetty, Champaign City Council member, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you.